You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for same race multi tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call one 858 Sixty years of family culture. Join the Robson Civil Projects team for the opportunity of a lifetime. The Isuzu MUX is born to tow. Your rugby league coverage on SEN starts now. Welcome to NRL Crunch Time. Oh, yeah, it's Saturday. Don't we love it? The boys on the Mowers Club on fire this morning. Crunch time brought to you by Isuzu, the D-Max born to tow. You can call one 1170 Remembering, we come in with a very light rundown because you set the agenda. one 1170 The text line 0457 736 736. You can tweet us at 1170SEN. We're also on SEN League as well. We welcome our listeners across the SEN network, however you're tuning in, 1170SEN in Sydney. 693 SENQ in Queensland, 1620 AM SEN, the Gold Coast, as well as the listeners on the app, and maybe those belatedly on the podcast. Uh, this man's getting very, very comfortable in the chair, doing a wonderful job. Adrian Brzezinko, the Sydney Morning Herald Chief Rugby League Reporter and two-time Walkley Award winner. G'day, Adrian. G'day, Sugar. How are you? Mate, uh, you're normally a left centre. You're playing right centre today, yes, I noticed. I know. I'm a, a bit discombobulated at the moment. <laughs> Very versatile. You're the Brian Toll. We need to accommodate <laughs> this man here who has uh, just brought success uh, with him. Uh, the Dallium Coach of the Year in 2018. A Clydesdale of the Toowoomba variety, London Bronco, and uh, St. Esteve Maverick, Maverick, rather. It must be in France, is it? That, Anthony is, in, that is in France, yeah. Good to be here, Sugar and Adrian. Uh, sorry, mate, stealing your chair. Um, but, yeah, no, St. Esteve is... Um, Quite a famous French team that uh, joined with uh, Catalan Atres to uh, make the Catalan Super League team. So uh, Is that right? Yeah, had five months there as a young black. I think I was only uh, 20 years of age in between – sorry, 21 in between uh, leaving Brisbane Broncos and going to Canberra Raiders. They allowed me to have five months over there as a, as a young guy, which wasn't uncommon back yeah, then. Yeah, well. So uh, yeah, it, was, it was good down in Perpignan. Now, mate, congratulations. Uh, you uh, you didn't get the abuse that uh, Eddie got. <laughs> well, I did, just yeah. no one saw oh, it. Oh, you did. Yeah, you did. Uh, well done, mate. Yeah. Amazing achievement for the team. Yeah, it was really great. It was a really enjoyable tour, Sugar. I think, um, you know, we had 36 players come across at the end of the, the England season. And probably what people don't understand is that it's only the second time in, in uh, English yes. rugby history to come out here and, and win a series. And, and both times, Eddie Jones has been the head coach. So, um, yeah, to be part of the group and... Um, you know, go down one nil and have to fight our way back into the series. As I said, it was just a really enjoyable coaching experience, really good tour as far as not just what happened on the field, but off the field. We try to make it a, a, a you know, a memorable experience uh, from a cultural perspective for the English players. And uh, I thought the way that um, Eddie managed that was outstanding. So, yeah, really enjoyable tour. Uh, ultra competitive. And, and that that's why he snapped back at that person, which is, you know, you talk about greatness and people who do great things. There's always something in them that's a little bit different to the norm. And I reckon that Eddie snapping back at people makes the person he is, which you get that, but with every part of that you get, you get all these wonderful coaching, uh, the things he got. Have you learned a lot from him? Yeah, certainly have. I've learned a lot from Eddie. Um, you know, he's a, he's a, a leader in world sport in a lot of ways and um, he's a very curious coach, but um, you know, he's 
been at the top level for a long time and, and in rugby union, the top level is international coaching and, yeah. and he's been there, done that um, and uh, the most successful coach in, uh, in English rugby history uh, from a winning percentage perspective. So he's been there for seven years. We've got one year to go until the World Cup, which um, all going well. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, um, we'll, we'll work as hard as we can to try and get some success there. So what's your deal there with the English rugby? Yeah, so I'm, I'm full-time with England rugby um, until uh, next October, which is October 2023, which goes through to the World Cup. So we've got two more campaigns, which is the Autumn Series. Uh, we've got four tests in the Autumn over there in England. Six Nations and then the World Cup. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a great experience. As I said, I've learned a lot from Eddie. Uh, and, you know, I think uh, I'm you know, a much better coach for, for having gone through the, this yeah. experience, yeah. Have you – is there any part of you that thinks about coaching rugby or you're an absolute rugby league man when it comes to being a head coach? Look, I was quite public about – I would have put you forward as the West Tigers coach personally, but um, they've gone down another path and that's fine. Um, my – Adrian, my reason for pushing Siebes forward is in racing parlance, right, and a lot of the professional punters, they'll see a horse that's – it's not always about the performance of the horse uh, because things can happen externally, whatever the case may be, different climate, different conditions, but they look at the betting and, and the professionals who may have backed something in. So for me, I see Siebes coach of the year at South Sydney Rabbitohs. Then you get a major powerhouse like Broncos to do all the due diligence and sign it off. Now, for whatever reason, and you'll attest to this, Siebes, it didn't pan out probably how you wanted it to, but still the professionals would see that and go, okay, well, it worked at South, a powerhouse club. Maybe not to what they wanted to do at the Broncos, but this bloke clearly has got major things going his way. And I felt for the Tigers, he would be a massive uh, addition to what we could have there. But what do you take of that? Well, just a few years ago, he won the Dallium Coach of the Year. Yeah. And I would imagine that for all of those experiences, whether they be at South Brisbane or with rugby now with Eddie Jones, he's only going to be a better coach. And he's actually been in the furnace. He's, he's put his head in there. There's a lot of guys that we're talking about, whether they be Cameron Serraldo or Christian Rule yeah. or Josh Hanna. And I'm sure they're all very talented, but you don't know if you can do it until you've done it. And we know that Siebes has done it and been there before and, um, I'm sure, you know, if he was given an o- another opportunity, he'd do a fantastic job. Well, it's not my style just because you hear him saying, oh, we had Robbie Farrell on the phone the other day, and I said, Robbie, I'll be honest with you, I'm wishing you all the best, and I, I certainly am, but I would have gone a different direction, it, only because I thought that the West Tigers maybe had potentially discredited the value of the assistant coaches and what they bring to the table. Benji hasn't coached, Robbie hasn't coached, Tim's been out of the game for 10 years. So I was just being honest in my opinion, and I hope I'm bloody wrong. I want nothing more than to see the Tigers succeed. But, Steve, this is the ironic thing out of all of this, and this is what I find quite funny. You were a, a, a very hyped-up candidate going into 2018, but four years later you would say to yourself, the 2022 Anthony Seabold would school the 2018 no, yeah. Anthony Seabold. Is that a fair comment? Yeah, no doubt about that at all. It's, it's actually interesting talking to, uh, you know, Eddie was t- talking to me about it the yeah. other day on, on our car ride home. We were out of Penrith the other day and I, um, you know, shared the journey back with, with Eddie to, to Coogee to drop him off and, and we actually sp- spoke about that. But I, I know that myself. I'm much, much look, I'm, it's almost like chalk and cheese yeah. uh, as a coach to where I was when I was appointed um, at South Sydney the end of 2017, and, and I had been lucky enough to be an assistant coach at Origin level prior to that, and, and work for Craig Bellamy prior to that, and coach my own team um, in the second division in England and in the Queensland Cup, and with Melbourne Storm under 20s and so on. So I felt as though, you know, a 12 or 13 year journey to that point, I, I felt ready, but four years later, um, you know, almost five years later, in, in a lot of ways, um, like yeah, I'm so much more rounded. I, yeah. I I get it. Look, I did some things that. Um, 
you know, um, I would do it a little bit differently. Um, what would you do differently? So would you not go to the Broncos in the first place? Yeah, would you stay at the Bunnies? I would go to the Broncos. <laughs> would that have been, if you could change yeah, one thing, would that no, have been no, it? Of course, of course, of course. And and I've said this before, actually, on SEN, um, yeah, it, it became a business decision in the end. Yeah. Because, and look, and I don't mean to, to, to um, you know, correct somebody, but I heard Dan and Cam talk, because oh, I, I listened to SEN, yeah. I heard Dan and Cam talk yesterday about, a supposed PowerPoint that he did to the Broncos. You know, there's a lot of misinformation. About a PowerPoint you did? Yeah, to get right. the job at the Broncos right. and so on. I, I, I never did a PowerPoint. I mean, um, I was offered the role before I had done any presentations to, um, you know, to the Broncos. So, um, look, I, in hindsight, I made a business decision which went pear-shaped. I will say this, though. In our first year there, I thought we did a hell of a job to make the semifinals. Now, Adrian's team, the Parramatta Eels, were on fire and, and blew us away, which was, you know, really disappointing and embarrassing way to finish our year. But I think if we had have been competitive that day, most people with, with – I think we had 11 guys make their debut for the club yeah. that year. Most people would have thought, you know what, coming in six six weeks into the preseason, that would have been a good year. Now, we started the following year really well. And – the mistakes we made was over that COVID period. And oh, you were two from two into COVID. Yeah, we were two, yeah. two from two into COVID. And then we had some guys operated who missed the start of the, the resumption of play. And, and I didn't handle that that um, period well at all. But it, one thing I'd reflect on um, is I've been a professional coach now for 17 years. And I'm not going to let an 11-week period where we only won one, one out of 11 games uh, have an impact on my thoughts about coaching, yeah. um, what I want to do next. Um, look, if I came back to the NRL, I've, I've, no doubt there'd be some criticism in some corners from, from, from media and so on. But you know what? I don't make my decisions on what other people think. Um, I'm loving doing what I'm doing with Eddie at the moment. Uh, I've been there for 11 tests. We've won seven out of the 11 tests. Um, as I said before, I've got great experiences from um, both success and failure in my short time as a head coach. And, uh, and I've been lucky enough to, to work, you know, at origin level and for guys like Craig Bellamy. So I feel like I, I've got a pretty well-rounded experience and, and whatever, um, you know, comes up next, what I'm trying to do, and I reckon this is the mistake that young coaches can yep. can fall into, what I'm trying to do is actually enjoy this moment. Yeah. Like, enjoy this moment. Like, I, I really enjoyed the tour because I was really focused on staying in the moment, coaching, coaching as best I could, not looking ahead thinking, oh, you know, I wonder what I'm going to do after the World Cup or, you know, I wonder if there's going to be opportunities presented to me. Just stay in the moment, coach as good as you can. And if you do a really good job, you know what happens. Like, p- people understand that. Yeah. And one of the things that I've gone over there, um, there's a little bit of criticism when Eddie employed me, but a lot of that's uh, been diluted now because I've gone over there, done a decent job, and, um, and you know, people just get on with it now. So, uh, really good, best best mate of mine, Stephen Price. He's at the Sharks. He he got given the job as a thirty year old or something at the famous club, the Dragons. So yeah. similar circumstances, and then you just get put to the back of the queue. You know what I mean? And this is a bloke who um, he was the defence coach to Wayne Bennett when they broke that drought. He was the defence coach to Flanagan yeah. when they broke that Great drought. Coach. He's a defence coach. And, but the reason I bring this up, so he's based on what you said. I've never seen him happier. Yeah. He's just Great the pressure's coach. off and, he, you know, he got Warrington to a grand final. He got him to – they won a Challenge Cup. It is a brutal, brutal occupation and I just find it amusing how you go to the back of the queue all of a sudden. Yeah, I look, um, Pricey, um, I saw him actually a couple of yeah. weeks ago. The head of performance of England was, was Pricey's oh, yes. head of performance, John Clark, Clarky, who, who's yeah. a, is a great, terrific That's person, right. really good at his job. Um, but he just speaks, you know, so highly of of, of what Pricey did at Warrington yeah. there, and 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 you're right. Um, he's probably happy as as anything there, working for Fitzy and and a Cronulla, who he knows really well, having been an assistant before there. But um, yeah, he's a really good coach, and 
if you look at where he's now in his career to when he was first appointed as a Dragons coach, you can't tell oh, that, Steve exactly. Price isn't a much better coach now. So, you know, I get that. And, and I don't, don't even know if he has ambitions to, to want to be the head coach again. He may, may not. I don't, we don't talk about that sort of stuff. But, uh, Seebs, one last thing with the lamp heavily on you. So you, the very first thing you said was, well, look, if I could, I could have stayed at the Bunnies, I would have stayed there. Going to the Broncos, if you could change one thing about going there, is there something that you think, oh, geez, I wish I'd have done that or... You, you know what? Like, I think a lot about this. What I tried to do was probably go there and um, and, and one of the things what they, they spoke to me about when they made the change was um, it had been done a certain way for 30 years. So um, Ivan Henjak had been Wayne's assistant, took over, nothing changed. Anthony Griffin had been the under-20s yeah. coach, then Ivan's assistant, took over, nothing changed. Wayne come back, you know. So what they were trying to do, that they, essentially had been 30 years. The way they described it, they have been 30 years of doing the same thing. They wanted... Um, a, a change, yeah. right? So I went in there and made a whole heap of changes and that probably upset a lot of people, whether it's staff, ex-players, whatever. And a lot of people didn't want me there to start with, you know, sugar that, let's not beat around the bush. Yeah. Um, but like I said, um, I tried to do it a different way. Perhaps what I should have done is kept the DNA of what was there. You know what I mean? And I, I think about, you know. Um, so even though you know in your heart what's best to get results in your mind – you still got to play the game, don't you? Well, yeah. it's it's not you know, the the senior players there had been doing yeah. something the same way for a long time. Now the young guys are, uh, you know, you can mould them, and and the young guys were, were fantastic there. And the thing that I do get from my time at the Broncos, I get great enjoyment seeing guys like Patrick Carrigan, Tom Dearden, who's now at the Cowboys, you know, Xavier Coates, who's at the Storm. Those types of guys, like just just go on and grow because we knew what we had there. Yeah. We just couldn't we we just couldn't manage the time, or the club couldn't manage the time, and I couldn't manage that time. From zero games to where they are now, which is like for a lot of those guys, sixty and seventy games. But um, yeah, of course, I made a lot of mistakes. Yeah, I, I think I did some good things too. I, I, you know, but as I said, there's a lot of misinformation around. I, I don't mean to 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 pull up Dan in here. But no, no. He said something yesterday about standards at the Broncos when I was there, and, and around um, um, you know, a PowerPoint presentation and so on. That, that's just and that I was a one year rugby league coach. I'd been working for, for thirteen or fourteen years. Mm. I think I showed people what I could do at the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Um, but that's just the mis- misinformation that is around. But, um, like, I've let that go. I have uh, moved on. Um, it was a tough time um, and, and tough challenge. But you take the learnings, you move on. Um, loving doing what I'm doing at the moment. If I was ever to come back in the NRL as a head coach or as a senior assistant coach, there's no doubt that I'm a much better coach for having gone through that experience. And, um, yeah, as I said, I'm trying to enjoy the moment, mate. Because sometimes, well, you, like, yeah. even as a player, you sometimes you don't. You think, oh, what's next? What's Chasing next? the wind. Just enjoy it. You know, stay in the moment. If that's the advice I could give it to, to any young coach or any young player. So he's well said. I've got no doubt you're going to come back and have enormous success. I, I, I value so much as a coach. Uh, Adrian, one thing that I've picked up in my time, if you're studying form guides, Wayne Bennett is a great share trader. If he's selling shares, you don't want to buy them, right? So... You look at all the coaches who have followed Wayne. It is he knows where a roster's at. He knows the time to leave somewhere. He's a hard act to follow, isn't he? And he's often anointed the person that's come in after him, and they've struggled. Whether and, it be, and maintains ties with some of the people, whether it be you know Hinjack you yeah. mentioned, or was it Price as Price, well? Yeah. Um, yeah, a couple of times. So and Brown, Brown, Brownie had the uh, Brown, the big headline comments up there in Newcastle. Absolutely. But it's just interesting what you're saying about Sieves in that. He was probably talked about in 2017 the way, say, Cameron Serraldo yeah. is talked about now as in the, the, you know, the, the next guy that um, as soon as an opportunity arises. And, you know, it's interesting in that you've been probably in the two biggest brands in, in rugby league, in sport, and 
culturally they'd be so different as well. Like South Sydney, obviously there's a lot of attention prior to the league. Yeah. Um, you know, Russell Crowe, uh, big name owners. And the Broncos as well, I mean, they move the needle in Queensland and, and there's all that thing about the relationship with the Courier-Mail, with the ex-players. There's a whole different subset of pressures, I'd imagine. Yeah, certainly. I mean, you're, you're in the spotlight there. There's no doubt about that. Like the Broncos is the big show in town. and You've only got to go there for Magic Weekend and see all the Broncos banners up around yeah. the, the city streets and, and so on. And, and that's the thing that you love about the Broncos. You know what I mean? Like it's, 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 the, big, it's the big thing in town. And uh, when it's going well, like it is at the moment, I, and I, I genuinely am happy for the Broncos that they're seeing some success. Now, um, I haven't spoken to Kevy for, for a couple of years, but um, I work with Kevy at Melbourne Storm and also Queensland. So it's great to see him success. People think that you want people to do poorly after you finish up. No, you don't. No. He just wasn't the right club for me. Um, and I probably didn't have the, I suppose, uh, the gumption to, to keep going there um, because it was, you know, it was it was a probably a bit of a toxic environment at that particular time. And I don't mean the club itself. I mean the, yeah. the, the whole rigmarole around, um, you know, what was going on at the time and the spotlight on on the club and, and myself. Um, so it was the right, right thing to do for us to, to part ways. There's no doubt about that. And Kevy's come in, who's a legend of the club, and he's done a fantastic job and looks as though they're going to push hard for the top four this year. But um, what I will say is th- those younger players who we, we you know, gave debuts to or, or guys like Payne Hass had only played one or two games, you know, those guys are, are playing good football. So they knew that there. I think Ben Eichen and, and Dave Donahue have probably added to the club as well, not yep. to su- suggest that Paul White... Um, yeah, Whitey was a, a fantastic CEO, but to have somebody like a Ben Eichen in that role who can take pressure off Kevy, that's enormous. And yep. you think of guys like Frank Panisi at Melbourne Storm, you think of Shane Richardson and what he did for me at South Sydney, he took all that peripheral pressure off me. Like, mm. I, I could just focus on the main thing. And yep. the main thing was preparing the team to play each and every single week. And what Shane Richardson did was he was able to look longer term at rosters, salary caps, and, and all the things that... Uh, an assistant coach like a Cameron Serraldo or an Andrew Webster and those guys who are really good coaches or Craig Fitzgibbon, when they go into the top job, that's the difference. It's almost like walking into yeah. a different uh, occupation. I'm sure you've heard head coaches talk about that. It's, it's totally different. Assistant coach is all about relationships, the X's and the O's. But as a head coach, there's so much more that you can get dragged away from the main job. So having a strong person around you and someone who's well organised around you, it, it makes an enormous difference. And as I said, um, you know, I'm sure that Ben Eichen's doing a good job for Kirby there. Adrian, the great challenge that both Webster and Serraldo have or will have is they don't have a Webster or Serraldo underneath them. And and that's what Ivan currently has. He has these two yeah, yeah. Uh, coaches behind him, which is all part of it, which Ivan's played a major part in as well. Speaking of Ivan Cleary... Uh, his son, and I use this saying all the time, sometimes the best gifts come badly wrapped. But, Anthony, I'd love your point of view on this because Jerome Luai is out for an extended period of time. Nathan Cleary now last night. I think everyone agrees it was a pretty fair charge. Grade three? Yeah, grade three. That was fairly comparable with Carl Alden yeah. and Brett Naden, who both got grade three. So it's five weeks if he takes his medicine. Which he will, won't he? You would think so. Six if he contests it. Um, the club usually uses Nick Gabar. Um, I had a chat to him this morning to get his opinion and he, he said, take your medicine. Take your medicine. So yeah, it'll, it'll basically mean that he goes into the finals without playing a game. Um, and it's an interesting situation for them in that obviously Jerome Woolwise out. Kurt Falls has a shin issue. Oh wow. He's been out for a month. So he's not a certain thing to be available for selection next week. So, but as you said, you know, sometimes you can get a positive out of this, uh, we can test the depth of the squad. 
Um, and Nathan gets a, a bit of a freshen up just before the finals. And ideally, you would have had one game beforehand, but I don't think they're going to go down that route. That, so, that, so that, from, they can't contest Yeah, it. from a coaching point of view in this scenario, they've had a few big years, right? So the fact that Nathan and, and uh, Jerome and Stephen Crichton, for that matter, can have a bit of a rest before finals, but you do risk losing that fluency and that momentum and what's your point of view from a coach's spot? Yeah, I mean, that's the only risk you take. But look, I think one of the things you've seen over the last few years, that last round, the clubs who have cemented their spot in the top four have often rested yep. players. Over the, you know, Melbourne Storm have done, I think maybe Penrith did it last year as well. Uh, Roosters, I think, have done it in the past. But generally speaking, they might do that the last round. Now, look, it's an extended spell. But Nathan Cleary in some ways probably, um, you know, We'll, we'll enjoy that freshen up. He gets time to work on the physical um, side of his game, but he's still training, isn't he? So yeah. it's not like an injury like a Jerome Luai who's got an injury yes. and can't train in the seconds. I mean, Nathan Cleary will train in the seconds against the first team. So he's essentially playing you know, first grade every single week at their training session. So, look, I think it's an opportunity for him to work on some physical attributes in his game, sharpen up the weapons from a, yep. um, you know, from a, a game perspective. And, um, you know, I think there are four games out in front at the moment uh, in front of the Cowboys who uh, have done a, a great job this year. But So they're locked away in the top four. They're probably locked away with regards to the minor premiership. Sean O'Sullivan, I think that, um, you know, we've seen growth in his game this year. Every time he's played, like even last night in a, a team that um, only had one half of the Sean did a, a good job. He started the game exceptionally well. Um, so, yeah, give some other guys an opportunity there. And the thing about their club, they've got depth, haven't they? So you look at their second grade side, I think they're sitting second at the moment um, in the New South Wales yep. Cup. Um, I watched them train there the other day. You know, they've got some really you know, talented youngsters coming through there. So it'll be another opportunity for, for one of the Panthers guys coming through. So what do you grades. do at training then? So, you know, Nathan is still training. So how much of the time are you putting him in at first receiver versus Sean O'Sullivan, for example? Like, are you thinking long-term? Are you are you thinking we've got to just keep ticking away here? Like, how does that play out? Oh, look, I think initially, they'll, whoever the, the six and the seven is, you know, they'll be in the, the you know, the main team and, and you know, Nathan will, will be in the second team. Uh, but what he gets an opportunity to do, so I'm not sure who they're playing next week off the top of my head, but whoever it is next week, Nathan can actually be the halfback who gets that team around and, yes. and, and plays as whoever the opposition is next week. You know what I mean? So yep. he's the best halfback just, well, you know, yeah. he's certainly the best top two we've ever seen. And how good, you know, so <laughs> yeah. have Nathan Cleary yeah. run your, your, your second team and, um, yeah, that's the benefit. That's the benefit that he'll get. It's not as though he's an injured, uh, or an injury rather where he can't train. Raiders. So they've got Raiders into Storm, uh, Rabbitohs, Warriors, Cowboys. So potentially that last one could be for the minor premiership. Um, they used to get two hundred thousand dollars for the minor premiership. Post COVID, it's only a hundred thousand yeah, dollars. But right. I, I don't think that matters. Like you just want to make sure that you're in the best shape possible yeah. going be, into the final series. And Adrian, they'll be guaranteed. Like whether they finish first or second, they'll be guaranteed a home game. Home, you know, home, home semi, home final that first weekend. I think the other thing is Nathan Cleary will do a f- fair job as Jamal Fogarty this week. Oh. I so <laughs> get a good preparation. Best Jamal Fogarty we've ever seen. Uh, have you say one three hundred oh one eleven seventy? We will get to these texts very shortly as they're flying through as well. Quick comment, boys, on the Marty to Power request. Uh, we have we got an update on that. Have Parramatta or Manly rather come forward and said, "Yeah, we're happy to do so." At this point, they're they're saying no. no oh, they're saying no. No, they're saying no. So they believe they're still in the running, uh, despite the fact they're two points behind the Roosters. Five games to go. Uh, four and against is a major problem there. Have you got a view on this, Seeps? 
Yeah, well, I mean, they're still in the, the, the running for the top eight. Yeah. Um, I think back to um, releasing Robbie Farah um, when I was at South Sydney, back to the West Tigers. Um, the reason why we did that, we had Damien Cook in that position who was um, you know, playing yep. outstanding football. So the best thing for Robbie was to go there. Marty's in the 17 every single week. So yeah. I get where Des Hasler and the Manly Club are coming out, you know, that they're in they're in that sort of fight for the top eight position, aren't they? Um, and Marty Tapao is a quality player, so I can understand one of the the the, the competitors to the top eight of Parramatta, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, I know they've jumped yeah, up a couple of spots right. now, so yeah. I mean, I I get that, I get that. So you make a decision what's best for you, the player and the club, and if they feel as though Marty Tapao is in their best seventeen and there's still a chance of the finals. Um, I understand completely that they want him to stay and, and finish the job there at Manly. And that's a rule that's been manipulated. Like that's a fall, you know, a fallout from COVID, and the whole idea is oh, that's a rule. Yeah, absolutely. So it used to be, you know, the um, July one deadline. It's now August one, and, yep. and that was so that if clubs got a whole heap of players that, that you know got the Rona, that they could still field a squad. And Parramatta obviously tried it on. If they'd said yes, Muddy Tabal would be playing against Parramatta next week. That's right. So, I mean, why would you do them a favour? I can understand them. They've obviously got the two potentially best props in the game, but having another, you know, middle like him would have been a huge boost for them. But there's no upside for Manly at this stage. The two biggest rorts to it, which I, I totally disagree, the whole idea of the salary cap is to create some kind of equality, right? And this whole idea of being able to have last year, Penrith, for example, rugby league gods intervened, but to only have to spend 100 or 150 to have potentially a $700,000 player available to you on grand final, which is the only day that really bloody matters at the end of the day. You didn't need that player throughout the year because you're already sitting in the top four. I find it ridiculous. And the other part I find ridiculous is the idea that you can release a player. So we're almost incentivizing teams to do it. You can release a player to free up some cash to then for pay forward somebody else. So then essentially next year, You've got a so if you can pay for three hundred thousand dollars, you're essentially manipulating the cap the next year by three hundred thousand dollars. It's farcical, in my opinion. But the Panthers did it so well with Tavita Pangai Jr. But, like within the was, rules, yeah, yeah. But he he was like crucial for them at the back end of the year. Um, obviously, we're seeing with Matt Lodge at the Roosters. Yep. Storm have got um, you know a lack of depth in their outside back, so they've gone for David Nofaluma. And I guess if you're the Tigers, you say, well, he's playing reserve grade. We're paying him a lot of money. We can free up a, a six-figure amount, and that can prepay or, or, or we can use that to retain or recruit someone else. It's just ridiculous, Seabs. Look, it's strange, right? Yeah. It is strange, and you're right. Like, it used to be July 1st, wasn't it? So I think, um, you know, it's a legacy of, of 2020, the August 1st date. Um, but the smarter clubs, I've got to say that, like, you know, for instance, Melbourne Storm – deliberately left a spot because you have to it, yeah they've, yep. they've deliberately left a spot and they've done that like I think back to well Clint Newton one year Brett Finch another year yep. uh, 2014 it was Marika Corabetti um, mm. that I was at the storm at the time they bought in um, to finish the year so traditionally they've done that and done that exceptionally well Tavita Pangai made an enormous impact and in some ways that um, preliminary final last year Tavita Pangai went out there and he was robust to start the game. Now, he didn't play in the grand final, but he had a significant impact in the preliminary, uh, yeah, the preliminary final against Melbourne. Yeah, 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 yeah. In that yeah. particular game. So, yeah, look, it's um, it's smart play by some, but it is, you know, it, it is quite strange. It is quite strange, I've got to say. I said to uh, Fletch on, on the show, at the very start of the year, on the back of Tavita Pengai Jr., I said, mate, you can spend $150,000 on a 30th player who you may not use, 
or you can keep that $150,000 for August and get an $800,000 player. It's so stupid. So if you're a West Tigers fan and you've got David Nofaluma's number on your jersey, are you wearing that around the streets at the moment? Well, well, you know what? If he's going to help him next year with the cap, he's actually doing him a favour. I don't personally care for wooden spoons. Uh, people are against it. They're saying, oh, he's left him deserted the wooden spoon. If you're more chance of doing better next year, I think that's bigger picture. People can't tell you the last 10 wooden spoon winners. They can tell you the last 10 premiership winners. I want to ask you this one, Siebzo, just on this. I personally, and I'm, I've been using Jacob Kiraz as a bit of an example. I would, and, and a lot of Canterbury supporters won't agree with this, and I also understand that. I would actually go to a Melbourne Storm and say, listen, or whoever the case may be, do you want to have Jacob Kiraz for six weeks? Um, we get back a better player who's experienced finals. and But then people are insecure about the player, potentially want to say that. But you can put things in contract about that. What do you think about that? Do you see benefit in letting a good young kid like that? I don't see benefit in letting a Matt Burton go. He's already been there, done yeah. that. But a Kiraz, for example. Yeah, I certainly see benefit in that. And and if you look at the to the English model, you know, both in the Premier League soc, but also in the Super League, the loan systems have been in place for, for well, forever really. Yeah. Um so I think it's you know, I think it's a, a positive thing. Like I would um if I was Bulldogs and they're out of the finals playoff, but they were looking for Jacob, who is a talented player, you know, yep. can play centre, can play wing. If he gets an opportunity to go down there and, and, and train in that system, even if it's only for six or, or seven weeks, and he plays a couple of games, yeah. I see benefits now. Harry Grant is probably the, I suppose, the um, the, the person that benefited most going the other way yes. as well, because they had Cameron Smith there in 20, uh, 2020, and Harry went to the Tigers. And, and Tigers, like, he was outstanding for the Tigers. I remember... Um, some of the performances there that Harry, you know, put put on. He led the um, Dally M's. Well, yeah, like he was outstanding with the yeah. top. So that was a win-win. But the other way, you know, going to a club that needed someone he, in his position because they already had the the, the great in Cameron Smith. And as you say, most teams would put something in place. Say, look, if Cameron gets injured, we bring Harry back. Um, you know, he signed for another two years. So you wouldn't let them go there coming off contract yes. and think, okay, I like it down here. Yeah, that's so right. You, you know, you'd have things in place, but I see some benefits for it. Yeah. Well, Sugar, I, I talked to Sheenzy about uh, David Nofaluma and I said, well, what's the upside for you? And he said, yeah. there's a guy who's probably a little bit stale, has never played finals footy, will get an opportunity to do that at a good system. He's a guy that lifts for big occasions. Like, for instance, he, he was involved in the Pacific yep. tests and he said that, that he got a lot out of that. So the prospect of going and having a change. That's gonna go. That's gonna be good for him. He's gonna come back a better player to us next year. He would have been what? It has been a major problem for Coach Bellamy, which is not always a winger's fault. Their right edge just keep getting picked apart. Eddie Cosy got three last night. Uh, anyway, have your say. One three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Heaps of texts, calls to come through on the other side of this. The text line oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Adrian Prezenko, Anthony Seabold, I'm Joel Kane. Heaps more to come on the other side of this. All thanks to Isuzu. Uh, it certainly is. Adrian Brzezenko and uh, Anthony Seabell. I'm Joel Kane. This is Crunch Time brought to you by Isuzu. The D-Max is born to tow. Plenty of text coming through. Uh, the Cleary suspension was fair enough. Back to Bali for another freshen up. And back for the final, says Willow. Not the worst idea. Um, Adrian writes, so five weeks, how can what Nathan Cleary did be punished the same as what Corey Waddell did? Cleary should have got a minimum eight weeks. That tackle would have horrified mothers worldwide. Well, I, I, I think... Well, someone think of the children, Joel. Yeah, I, I honestly think that the comparison to uh, Kane Lawton is spot on. Carl Lawton, rather. Yep. Kane, his brother, of course. Uh, Carl Lawton. Uh, it is his brother. <laughs> hey, look him up. He's, got, he's a mad influencer these days. Instagram. Uh, Good-looking fella too, Kane. Anyway... Um, I thought the Corey Waddell five weeks was more the issue a bit heavy, but what did you boys think? 
Oh, look, I thought the Nathan Cleary suspension was, was fair enough. If yeah. you compare it to those other tackles, you spoke about Brent Naden's Naden well. tackle yeah. and, and obviously Lawton's tackle um, against yeah. uh, on Cameron Murray, I think it was from memory. So I think that was fair enough. Um, the Corey Waddell, um, you know, gouging incident, look, um, it, it didn't look great. No. I, I don't know whether, you know, look, I don't know. It, it didn't look deliberate, but essentially he had his hands, around, you know, his hands around the eyes. So and for a long time, which didn't help. Yeah, yeah, for a long long time. So, look, I, I get both of them. I think they're fair enough, uh, both those suspensions. And, and the players, you know, they, they, they just have to accept those penalties. And I'd imagine Nathan Cleary will accept it. Um, I don't think he'll challenge that, um, you know, with those comparable tackles. So, yeah, I think it's just play on. Sugar, the Corey Waddell tackle mm. on any given normal week, a normal rugby league week, that's big news, like a you know a, a player at a Sydney club. And then you also had Kevin Proctor who yeah. was sacked for vaping. Not <laughs> only did he do it, but he got a photo of himself doing it and posted it. They are big stories. They were like the sixth and seventh best stories of the day yeah. earlier yeah, in the week. Like right. they, they didn't move the needle at all. Well, we haven't just, even mentioned the manly jumper. There's the manly jumper, the Tigers fall yeah. out. It's, you know, it's been an incredible oh, week in rugby league. Crazy week. It's a gift that keeps giving this great game, Correct. isn't it? Uh, by the way, Chrissy Nelson was on yesterday, and he was tipping uh, Bitcoin Baby, I think it's called. Billionaire Baby it might be, but uh, uh, he's tipping that here in the next. So do as you please responsibly, of course. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy is the way to have your say. Uh, S-O-A-S, Sugar on a Saturday. Any horses you like, Sugar? Well, there you go. Um, I have got a couple later for you, Dunny. Uh, I'll share those a little bit later. For In fact, I'll do it now because my memory's bad and I will forget. Um, we move on to race nine. They're later in the day. Just stand by punters. Stand by punters. So here we go. Later in the day, you've got uh, race nine in Brisbane. Number 19, Charlie's Case. Was 26 bucks backed in the 10s. And then you've got Sydney race nine. Number nine. This comes from Bears Head Fletcher, actually. Dalcini. Uh, 18 bucks. Apparently, oh. it is absolutely flying. Value. Yeah, there you it's go. Value today. There you go. All responsible. Well, it's only value if they collect. Correct. You can't eat value, Adrian. I value can tell you that. Value for the TAB. No, exactly With your right. money. Sports bit. One three hundred oh one eleven seventy is a way to do that. Mister Seabold, you talk so much sense. I would have loved to uh, have you coach the dogs. You have so much to give the game. Says the tool man. No, you didn't ever speak to the dogs. No, 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 no. no. no okay. Uh, Steve's reaction criticism, boys. No disrespect, however, it's pretty hard to sit here as a Broncos supporter and listen to how good of a coach Seabold is when all we see him, what he did. Oh, he's into about the club. I'm sure there was other factors at Brisbane, but the buck stops with the head coach, which it does, and the head coach pays the price. Very little, blah, blah, blah. He goes on, Scotty from Perth. So that's uh, what you get with a job. A, it's a fair enough point, yep. Scotty, and that's why I walked away, mate. That's yep. why I walked away. That's exactly right. Um, Steve's, I've admired people that make... Mistakes to step up and owned it. Uh, love to see you back at NRL. Love the fact you understand of being in the moment. Mate, live it and love it, says the rooster me. And there you go. So it all matters little. You're back in the saddle uh, soon enough. I've got no doubt, Seebs, and it goes on. Hi, Joel and team. Alex Johnson only has two career tries against the Sharks, says Darren from Ingleburn. Bit of a bogey side. Alex Johnson potentially could get close to Ken Irvine. Isn't don't you reckon? Like if he keeps going oh, in his yeah. current strike rate and plays for another half dozen years, yes. Um, but it's that that is an anomaly in his record. Yes, but Seebs, as we know, with we saw it with Jared Croker, the numbers all add up now. You're in the peak of your career. Yeah. You start to get towards twilight, and it's not to say Jared Croker can't, but 
it's not easy to keep that run rate up. No, it's not. But, you know, Alex is like, he's young enough. I think he was only 18 when he played in the two, uh, 2014 grand final. So what's that make him now? Like 26, yeah. know, turning 27. So he's still got some time left. He, he prepares well. He's, he's a smart young guy. Um, AJ. Great finisher, isn't he? Yeah, fantastic finisher. I even think he got ducks of, of um, his school as, he, as a young bloke. Super smart guy. Impressive guy off the field, yeah, yeah. but he's super impressive on the field. And, um, he just does such a good job finishing any opportunities uh, for the, the Bunnies and has done since 2014. We don't often hear from coaches about their interests. Uh, interestingly enough, too, Jacob Little's wearing number 13. I wonder whether that's something uh, Tim Sheens is thinking about long term. Uh, he's wearing number 13 for the Western Suburbs Magpies. We don't hear often about coaches. What, what's your interest when you're just being a dad, Seebs? Or what, what, tell us about Anthony Seabold, the non-coach. Um, well, yeah. as, as a coach, it, it is quite hard to, um, I suppose, you know, have an interest like golf or, or something yeah. that's quite time-consuming. Um, you know, one thing I, I do like you know, doing is um, listening to podcasts. Yeah, um, I like that. You know, so, look, because I do a lot of travel now, you know, I'm, I'm blo- blocks of time away from home and so on. So listen to, to heaps of podcasts. Um, love doing a little bit of training. I, I find that um, of, of, you know, great value, sort of just, I suppose, taking yourself away from um, thinking about coaching all the time and I suppose spending time with my family, yeah. uh, which, is, which is hard to do, um, you know, whether it's a head coach or in the position I am at the moment. So, what, you know, what you're going to try and do is, is manage that time and, Probably my wife would say that I don't do it enough, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't, yeah, there's no real hobbies that I have. I've got to say, um, other than sort of reading and, and listening to podcasts and trying to escape, I suppose, thinking about coaching. Are most of your podcasts and books sort of growth, or not necessarily. Some are, some are. In season, well, look, when I'm in camp with with a team or in season when I've been in the NRL, no, not so much because you 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 have to concentrate so much on looking at opposition teams and reviewing games and and so on. So what I what I, I listen to to a lot of crime podcasts. Yeah. So at the moment, I'm listening to the Teachers Trial, which is the, yeah. the trial of Chris Dawson, um, the ex uh, Newtown uh, rugby league player. Um, I listen to things like Smartless with a couple of ex actors like Fletch uh, loves that. He says it's brilliant. Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah. Uh, Jason Bateman. Um, yeah, so so that's really good. Oh, I was a massive fan of Entourage, um, oh, yeah. so I listened to a podcast called Victory, the podcast, oh, yeah. which is uh, Johnny Drama, yeah, yeah, yeah. E from um, from from the show, uh, Kevin Connolly and and the creator Doug Allen. So I love yeah th- those types of things. I love listening to because. Um, yeah, I suppose it's just um, it's it's probably like someone watching reality TV or something like that. It's probably oh, yeah. sort of you know relaxation. So yeah, enjoy things like that. Fletch, not we love the true crimes. Uh, we're all across uh, Melissa Caddick. Yeah, we're all across uh, the Liar, Dawson Liar trial. Was a great one, Liar, 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 Liar yeah. is brilliant. Uh, I've started one, Sweet Bobby. You haven't started that? No, uh, I haven't seen that one. Sweet yet. Bobby, and, and it's not a, a um, uh, spoiler alert. It's about this catfishing, and it's one of okay. the most extravagant cat. Fish situations you've ever heard. It's um, it is Australian podcast. It is British. British, okay. Yeah, but Fletch sent a list of all the top true crime potties, and I sort of scrolled down. And went, yeah, that's the one. It was. It is fascinating. Worth a listen. Definitely, yeah, definitely. Okay. If you like your true crime stuff, yeah. Um, uh, come to Parramatta, Seebs. Um, uh, says uh, Eel Marzi says great interview. Uh, sure, great tips on following you in. Uh, how did that go, by the way? Oh yes, spim, uh, billionaire baby. Well done, punters. <laughs> Correct weight. Uh, thank you very much, Chris Nelson. Jimmy Orman wrote it. Yeah, you know Jimmy Orman. No, no he's, he's, well, I've got a horse up there with a few guys up in Brizzy, and 
and um, he's ridden the uh, ridden our horse before. So, oh, that, yeah. and I forgot all about this. Aren't you? Is Lincoln with us? Your brother-in-law? Yes, is yes, yes. I forgot, so, he's a yeah. great fellow. Great How's he going? Yeah, Link's good, mate. He's, yeah. Yeah, I saw him. He come down with um, his his um, oldest boy, actually, or Bex, his wife, yeah. um, with his oldest boy JJ to the third test here at the. Jeez, JJ would be nearly twenty, is he? Or? Yeah, he's older than that. Um, yeah. I think he might be twenty-one now. Wow. Yeah. So no, um, you know, Lincoln's going well. He works for. Um, uh, a commercial uh, construction mob down yeah. in Canberra, and um, he's still involved with the Raiders, so with their second grade team. So he helps out there. So he's enjoying that. He's loving that. And he was, he was still playing until a couple of years ago. He was yeah. captain coach in the uh, the Canberra Great competition. Fella. But I uh, know he's a good guy. He's, he's good to have as a brother-in-law. That's for sure. I remember his wife Beck went away, and uh, he said, "Oh, he doesn't like his own time. He like I love my own time." But he <laughs> said, "Oh, well, come and come and live with me for a few nights." So I went and stayed with him, and his backyard was just chockers. With tennis balls. I said, mate, have we got the next uh, Monica Sellers coming through here? You know, like he said, no, no. In fact, JJ was young, so it might have been the next Andre Agassi or Pete Sampras or someone. And he said, no, 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 no one plays tennis. I said, why have we got 4.2 million tennis balls in the background? He goes, mate, you know, when uh, a lady becomes pregnant, they get their certain um, uh, things that they. My wife, for example, when she was pregnant with our first, loved pulpy orange juice. So one and only time she wanted it. Well, Link's wife, Beck, she loves the smell of fresh tennis balls. So, so what she would do, she'd go through the the shops and open up the can of a fresh tennis ball, there you go. and just smell that. the tennis ball. Yeah, wow. and, and that would go on. So, and in, and in the end, like you, he, he couldn't afford buying all these tennis balls. So she'd just sneak into Kmart or whoever, crack the top open one, and give the tennis balls a fair smell. That was a uh, big. Yeah, there you go. One three hundred oh one eleven seventy to have your say. Still plenty more to come. We're only approaching half time here. Uh, Seves will give us a dressing down at half time at the half time sheds. <laughs> this is crunch time. Uh, Anthony Seabold, of course. Adrian Brzezinka. I'm Joel Kane. And the maestro, who we haven't said good day to, will do after this. Uh, it certainly is. Adrian Brzezinka, Anthony Seabold. I'm Joel Kane. Crunch time brought to you by Isuzu. The Isuzu MUX is born to toe. Uh, plenty of uh, text messages coming through. 0457 736 736. Uh, a few charges already. We're only a few games into the round. Alfred Smalley. So he'll have a memorable debut. He's got a suspension and he scored a meat pie. Grade two highless, uh, not a highless, uh, grade two high tackle careless charge. Uh, Jarawiri Hargreaves, boys. Grade one dangerous contact, $3,000. Uh, what, two matches as well, is it? So if he tastes his duty, oh, he loses. Okay, so, so he's no no chance. that He'll get the console yeah, exactly uh, of right. his car open, get the $3,000 <laughs> and away he goes. What do you make of that, boys? Uh, look, I, I've got to say, although I, I, I love the way he plays, I, I thought he might have missed a, a match for, yeah. for that. Um, I didn't think any more than that. But, um, yeah, I mean, probably the reason they brought the fines in is, you know, to, to I suppose, save – I suppose clubs and, and players losing matches for yeah. those ones that are right on the periphery, which that one was. So I thought he might have missed a match. For well, I, I tend to agree with that. Uh, He's a little fortunate. And, and we saw another forearm incident. Well, with, I can't uh, see his Nelson. name on the list. Well, well, it should be. Yeah. Like Nelson yeah. Asafa Solomona should be doing something some sort of time. Like That looked probably worse than the Hargraves yeah. one, I thought. Um, I thought the key to that, Adrian, was he removed his legs almost to take the weight out for the falling. So uh, he's lucky. Yeah. I, again, I, th- I thought potentially he'd get a, a, get a game there, Nelson. Egan Butcher, uh, he's facing a week or two for a careless high tackle. Uh, Nathan Cleary, as we've spoken about, five to six weeks. We're all pretty certain he's going to take the five. And uh, Jackson Fry, his second game in the NRL, uh, he'll cop a $1,500 fine if uh, takes it on a 1000 bucks. Uh, there you go there. Uh, one 300 to have your say, Adrian. 
Just a little bit of uh, further fallout from the games. I'm, I'm hearing, and it hasn't been confirmed as yet, but Mitchell Moses, watching that game, you saw he had a finger issue. I'm hearing that it could be broken and he could be out for up to a month, wow. which would be a significant blow for Parramatta and their chances of, A, getting to the finals and, and doing something in them. Jeez, it makes last night's win important. If they, if they were to lose last night and then have that, they are under the pump massively, massively. Uh, just before we go to the break, Seeps, who do you see as the number one? In fact, if I we'll do it on the other side of this. You've got 100 scenarios. Obviously, Panthers can't win every time. We'll get you to break up your 100 how you see this competition going on the other side of this. This is Crunch Time. Uh, Anthony Seabold, Adrian Brzezinko. I'm Joel Kane. More to come on the other side of this. Uh, yeah, plenty of text messages. Uh, Paranick says, afternoon, boys. Is there an option for Cleary to plead and not go to judiciary or send-offs automatically go to judiciary regardless? No, no, they, it's five weeks. He doesn't need to go to the judiciary. He can um, plead guilty and cop the five weeks. He said, also, Sugar, what's the going rate for one of those desserts? Uh, yes, uh, $1.50 for a creme brulee at Macca's Paranick, if you're asking. Anyway, thedogs.com.au, home of Greyhound Racing. This man here has become a big staple of crunch time. His name is Simon Orchid, and he's on the line. G'day, Simon. G'day, fellas. How are you doing today? The richest race in the universe is running <laughs> where today? <laughs> Oh, it's feel feel a little bit. Uh, feel like I'm letting you guys down. We, we've got a, a a pittance today. We've got about ten grand at Wenty Park, and you know, it just doesn't get me as excited as fifty grand yesterday down at Goulburn, or a million bucks in a couple of weeks in the million dollar chase. But yeah, today just ten grand, a measly ten grand going off at Wenty Park tonight. Well, this wasn't measly. A multi million dollar greyhounds uh, as pets facility opened at Richmond on Thursday. Tell us about that. Oh, yeah, I tell you what, boys, it's like the Ritz-Carlton for greyhounds. We went out to uh, the back of the Richmond racecourse out there, the greyhound track out at Richmond, and we've just pumped millions and millions of bucks into this welfare space. I reckon uh, five years ago we put our hands up, fellas, and we said we're not doing a good enough job for welfare. We're not looking after our animals for the entirety of their life. And I think uh, full credit to Tony Mestrov, the outgoing CEO, and the rest of his team because they've just said, here, here's a big pile of money. We want to get the best people in welfare. We want to get the best vets. We want to get the best greyhound practitioners in the state. We want to put them in this wonderful facility. And I went out there for the grand opening. Tony cut the ribbon. There's just greyhounds wandering around left, right and centre, having the time of their life. It's like a retirement village for greyhounds where they get nursed back to full health if they've had an injury or if their post-racing career, they go there before they find their forever home, boys. So wonderful to see. So many dogs. Just living a life of luxury, and that's how it should be for man's best friend. Hang on. Uh, Tony cut the ribbon. So is he trying to get back there after the uh, blow-up that happened at Manly this week? <laughs> oh, mate, I tell you what, we went out for a lunch after the ribbon cutting, uh, and there, no, we weren't making light of the situation, but there was definitely some question marks over whether Tony was going to take up that deal or whether he's going to stick that with us. So, look, he's off, to, he's off to Manly. Obviously, he's going to have to clean up a bit of a mess out there, but full credit to him. He's done a wonderful job with us, and we owe him a lot. Uh, did you play with Mezzi? I didn't play with Mezzi. I played against him. So um, played against him over in the Super League. He was yeah. playing for Wigan at the time, and I was at London Broncos. So he's a good man, Mezzi. He's a good fellow. Uh, he's, he's great socially, and he's a really smart guy. So I think he's been CEO of hockey, great yeah. hands, and, and, uh, and obviously now Manly. Doing wonderful things. Uh, the Southern Stars final was run and won last night. There was a surprise winner. Yeah, spot on, boys. Aston Barrick for Jason Fletcher got up. I think he paid about 15 bucks at the end. So, Sugar, you and all your fat cat mates sitting up in your Irish house, we've been rubbing your hands oh, together, yeah. mate, because <laughs> the bookies absolutely did a number on uh, the poor old punters. So, yeah, good odds cash went under. Power of Buddy, I think it was about a $2 favourite. He came third, and 
Gatlin, the third favourite, came second. And then Ashton Barrick just flew around the outside. I looked around Goulburn. There was about a 1,000 people on track. Not one person had their oh, hands in the air. Ghost town. <laughs> okay. Well, listen, here's your chance, Simon. Here's your chance for the many, many millions of listeners here at Crunch Time. He's in to... good form too. He, yeah. he oh, that's right. Two. He su- tipped a Super Australia and Fire a Legend last week. That's right. There you go. I, oh, somebody's was, backing him. I was listening. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, Adrian and his fat cats uh, want to hear what your tips are tonight. <laughs> uh, checks in the mail. Thanks, Adrian. Yeah, uh, you. Look, tonight we're just, we're just going to try and build a bit of a bank. Uh, as I said, there's no rich, rich races coming up for us, but... Next week, the million dollar chase starts rolling around again. So, how about tonight? We just give you two at about two bucks each. Race three, number two, Royal M Grand. It's a Masters race. He missed the start in a similar contest last week, boys. He got stuck in the ruck and then he absolutely launched late. It was like watching Sugar run down the wind back in his day. <laughs> run running the KFC uh, these days. Anyway, go on. <laughs> it was really sharp. 29.95. We reckon tonight from box two. He's got a really strong record, 13 runs for five wins and five minors, and he's a known performer around Wente, around Wente Park. So race three, number two, Royal M Grand, probably about two bucks. And then race nine, number seven, Showman Jack. This dog's still lightly raced. He's only had seven starts. He's not yet two years old, but, boy, he's living up to his name. He's a real showman. He's gone 29.77 at Wente. So just to put that in perspective for the punters out there, anything under 30 is a pretty good run at Wente. So to go 29.77 for a young dog, that's a really, really good run. Tonight, the only thing that beats him, in our opinion, is the box. He's out in seven. It's a different kettle of fish being wide at Wente compared to being near the rail. But his explosive speed early should get him to the front. And he's the only dog in the field to have gone under 30 seconds. So race nine, number seven, Showman Jack. Race three, number two, Royal M Grand. Both at about two bucks. You can throw them in a multi and have a bit of fun that way as well if you wanted to. Simon, we're not looking for disclaimers when you give us tips, all right? We don't want outs. Um, The box. Uh, By the way, we're talking in the ad break about, uh, totally off topic, but uh, where the crawdads sing. Have you seen that movie? I have not, no. Oh, it's a beauty. It's a beauty. Well, great it, book. Yeah, it's a great book, you say, yeah. You haven't seen it, Steve? No, I haven't, no. It's Maestro. No. No, go and see it, mate. It is a cracker. You know, you know what's funny, Simon? So the experts, so to speak, on Rotten Tomatoes, they have their rating and the audience has their rating. The audience rating is 98%. The experts' rating is 33%. Wow. So the, they, to, the Toffee wow. film people. And they say the book's a lot better than the film, or that's that's what the critics have been saying. Well, the critics are bloody tosses, I think, because the, <laughs> if 98% of the people are thinking it's great, it's bloody great, uh, as Simon is. Simon, well done, mate. Thanks, fellas. Hey, I'll go watch the movie. I'm on Daddy. Uh, it's not called Daddy Daycare, is it? It's just called Being the Dad. I'm yeah, yeah don't say that, mate. <laughs> no, no, don't say so, that. Uh, my wife's on a hen's party, so God love her. If she's out there, just have a good time, darling. Is she home tonight? No, she's not. She's oh, not. Can, can, first, no. night she's had away, first night she's been away from the kids for a while. Mate, so first knows, night. Look out. First night's always the big one. Can I just give a shout-out to my better half as well? We're celebrating her birthday, and we're having a, oh. a wine-tasting yeah. night, and we've got a, a wine consultant coming in. Yes. And I think it's going to be very classy and sophisticated to start. We're going to have some <laughs> Argen- Argentinian Malbec and... By about 11 o'clock, the wheel of goon will come out. So. Oh, I've, I've set my alarm to ring you at that precise time. Please Phone recording. Yes. It'll be an in, in, integrity unit matter, yeah. I think. <laughs> uh, good on you, Simon. The dogs.com.au, the home of everything Greyhound Racing in New South Wales. We appreciate your time once again. Have a great afternoon, guys. Hear it. There you go. Uh, from 2pm today, just a reminder as well, Gold Coast Titans. Take you on the Canberra Raiders. You've got Potts, Wiz, 
Freeman. You've got Gary Belcher there. A big, And then not, 7 o'clock tonight, Commonwealth Games. Day 2, Matty White and James Magnuson. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. This is Crunch Time. Anthony Seabold. You've got Adrian Prezenko. I'm Joel Kane, the maestro. Plenty more still to come. Uh, plenty of texts. Uh, Dunny, uh, you get this for the bunnies versus roosters. JWH is a weak bully. Uh, I love that rivalry. That's going to be massive, boys, isn't it? The opening, sorry, not the opening of the stadium, but as far as rugby league is concerned, yeah. South versus roosters. And you just know that game is going to to decide something big. Yeah, it's, it's got that look about it. Yeah. Um, you know, what, what a way to, as, as you say, open for rugby league. Um, going back to 2018, the last game at the Sydney Football Stadium was a preliminary final um, between the Roosters and, and the Bunnies. So um, it was a great... Is that right? Yeah, a great occasion. Yeah. To, to, uh, unfortunately, the Roosters beat us that night in the prelim, uh, 12 points to four. But it was a great way to finish. There's over 40-odd thousand people there. And I assume that there'll be a sellout there again on that Friday night that they play. So, so that was the quality. What year was that, sir? That was 2018. Yeah, that was a prelim that final. That was the Roosters' first of those two grand finals. Yes, it was. Yeah, it was four all at half time, and um, and they were too good for us in the second half. Yeah, 12 four they won in the end, but oh. it was the closing game. It was literally the last game at the old Sydney Football Stadium, and it was a great rivalry, and it was a great occasion. Uh, albeit we, um, you know, the Rabbitohs didn't didn't win. Um, and then to open it with the, the Roosters Bunnies rivalry again, I think it's fantastic. So as I said, you know, you'd expect a, a full house there that night. And it's just got the look about it's gonna decide like a oh. top four or a top it's just got something about it that game. Tell Is me this pre it, or post Bruno Mars, by the way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah it'll be post. Uh, Bruno. Anyway, uh, actually I'll tell you Bruno Mars. Uh, Bruno Mars uh, real name is Peter Hernandez. You're mm. a podcast man. Yeah. You will love uh, I've got a podcast for you. They go for about five minutes each, right? And it's called The Way I Heard It. Mike Rowe. Okay, no, I haven't heard of that. Yep. So the, the second podcast is about Bruno Mars, and his name was Peter Hernandez. And he wasn't really cutting it because he didn't love the typical Latino sort of songs. And because he was Peter Hernandez, they were sort of pigeonholing for that. So he thought, I've got to change my name. And he thought, what do I come up with? Well, his dad used to love wrestling, and he's, he loved this wrestler called uh, Bruno. And then he looked up in the sky and just thought, Bruno Mars, and that's how he came up with his name. Right, I didn't yeah. know that. <laughs> I'll send it to mate. It yeah. is. It, they are fascinating. They're five minute yeah. about all sorts of things. You learn so much. The way I heard it, Mike Rowe, uh, fascinating. But I did ask you this question, Seebs. A hundred scenarios. So clearly, the sliding doors and the pick a path book that we live, the Panthers are not going to win a hundred out of a hundred from this scenario here, based on what we currently know. Your pie chart. The Panthers win how many of the hundred? Yeah, so I, I said before in the break, I, I think I still see Penrith winning most scenarios and, and you know, whether it's uh, um, the, the right figure or not, but I see them sort of it's out, of, out of the 100 scenarios, 60 scenarios. 60, more than half. Winning, more than half the yep. scenarios. I see them winning the competition. Um, I, I do think the Cowboys um, yep. have sort of 20, you know, 20 scenarios. I think they've yep. been really consistent on both sides of the ball. They've just got this young talent coming through all at once and they've got some guys like Val Holmes and those types of guys who – Almost playing, you know, career best footy. Oh, um, yeah. You know, so they've just got something going going there. Uh, really, you know, really well coached by Todd Payton as well. I do see the Rabbitohs and the Broncos. I, I see them being a chance. I, look, Cronulla are a, a fantastic side, but I, I, there's just something about South building, Broncos building there. I, I see them having the the, uh, the rest of the pie there. So, wow. Um, yeah, I, I, I just see those. those so Sharks things. are picking up a few crumbs. Well, look, I think I think their time will come, and they're, they're tremendously coached um, by Craig Fitzgibbon. I uh, 
but you know, I think they'll be there or thereabouts. But like, I, I just see those. Three you see teams. the Cowboys as a clear cut second. So, yeah. so if somebody said, "Righto, Seebs, you grand can't final. coach Panthers, yeah. but you get to coach a team to try and win a grand final," you go to the cows for for a ten week window. Oh yeah, I think the, the Cowboys like they've, they've been consistent all year. Like yeah. at the start of the year, you think, oh, when are they going to slip up? You know, because they finished fifteenth, I think, last yeah. year, didn't they? You know what I mean? And, and I think their defence was the worst in the competition. They spent plenty of time over the preseason. You've heard Todd Payton and the players talk about what they've done to build resilience in their defence. But what I love about their their footy at the moment is is they attack probably as good, if not better, than all teams in the comp, maybe other than Penrith at the moment. And what they do is, if you have a look at them. They'll go. They'll they'll shift to shift at times. So they create momentum, and one of the things I'm not sure whether the visual cue is this, but the fourth last defender, you often see him on the black dot or the near post. As soon as they see that, they shift the ball from from the the, the play the ball on on where they shifted to all the way. Well, hang, hang, hang on. So the listening ear sometimes can't keep up with yeah wise words like that. So yeah. just repeat that because I'm very fascinated in what you're saying here. So they see the black dot. So so, so t- tonight or whenever yeah, the yeah, 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 play yeah, tomorrow yep, afternoon against yep, the Dragons. Yep. So we'll be doing that ga- game yep. on SEN. So have a look at when they've shifted the ball, right? Have a look at the fourth last defender. Now, often it's an edge back row of the, of the opposition team. Yep. And have a look where he is. Now, you, everyone knows that the goalpost, right? Yes. If that edge back rower on the long side, yes. is on the near post yep. or on the black dot, you can bet your bottom dollar Cowboys will shift all the way back across the other side of the field. That's their indicator. That's their indicator. If you see that fourth last defender on the far post, they'll just go back through the middle of the park. Wow. Because because essentially what happens is when that fourth last defender is on the near post or the black dot, there's only three defenders outside That's him, right. marking over half a field. So why do we go back into the, you know, what we call yeah. the bear pit? Why would you go back into the bear pit there and allow the spacings in the defensive line to reset? Now, I've watched Cowboys really closely because um, I love the way they play their footy. And I just see when they go shift to shift. Now, I could be wrong there, but that, that's the visual cue that I've picked up. I could be wrong, but they will shift the ball back across as soon as you see that fourth last defender narrow. Wow. And, and it's a really easy cue to, uh, to pick up. Um, so even you know people at home, you can you can have a look, have a look where, where the, the back row is. Who will be that? You know, it might be Jaden Seward tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Um, without knowing the Dragons team off the top of my head, you know, Tarek Sims if he plays in the edge back row, you just all you're looking for is the edge back row and where wow. he's positioned. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so what Steve is alluding to here, Adrian, that the the first shift. Are they primarily shifting right for? Yeah, so, to the, so are they shifting you, first one way usually? Yeah, yeah, you'll see what they do is they'll either go down a short side with Dearden or or, um, or Chad Townsend, yeah. or they'll shift to the long side. Right, if with, they're already there, they'll they'll go, they'll down, go down, down a short, short side. side yeah. Okay, if they're if they're not there, they'll shift the ball all the way across. And what happens is the the defensive line shortens. Right, and you've probably heard Matty Johns talk about this. You know, he talks about the belt shortening, but yeah. essentially the defensive line shortens, and it becomes really tight because the ball's gone away, and everyone gravitates towards the ball. It's almost yeah. like a honey magnet. Yeah, yeah, that's you know right. I mean? like it's a honey pot. So everyone goes towards the ball, and the defensive line's quite narrow. But traditionally, what happens in rugby league, we're quite structured, right? So traditionally, what happens is you've shifted the ball. Okay, now we've got to get to a position to to you know set up for our next big shape. And what most teams will do is they'll go back in and allows the defensive line to reset and get their spacings right, but they've already sh- they've already shortened the line. Yeah, they've already got the fourth last defender at the near post or the black dot, and as soon as they see that, like Dean and Chad Towns and those guys, uh, shifting the ball all the way across. Now whether that's the cue or not, I'm not sure. No, but that's, that, what, that's, that's, that, that's what I'm seeing. You know, yes. watching the game and looking at it with the coach's eye. That's what I'm seeing, and it's an easy visual cue, but. If you watch them play, they will often go shift to shift or they'll often go short side to shorten the line to shift all the way back across. Think of the amount of times Murray Tuolungi, Peter Heku, Val Holmes have 
Scott Drinkwater have scored in the corner of the, of the field, near the corner post. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Think of the amount of times they've scored their tries. So, again, it's just something I've been looking at. Again, whether that's their visual cue, but that's the cue that I've been picking up when watching them play. And it's so important, uh, the shift away, so every little run, even if you're a decoy, because that all amounts, as Seebs are saying, to Murray to Lungy scoring within centimetres yeah. on the other side. Everything has got to be attention to detail. I love that, Seebs. I absolutely love that. Um, Adrian, what's happening in your world? There's some big big stuff happening. Big, big chats you've had this week. Well, I had the um, pleasure of chatting to Karen Murphy um, during the week, which um, like she's probably the most decorated female player of them all. She's a really impressive woman as well like she's she was a police officer for 26 years then came to the NRL integrity unit and spent seven years there and then after that she's um, decided to go to the Gold Coast and do some coaching and, and player development but I was particularly interested in her insights in the integrity unit and what actually yeah. happens there on any given day and she said that she has two phones one's a sort of private <laughs> phone and one's the bat phone, and and that one goes off all the time. Oh no! And and she she said whenever this one rings, it's not good news. No. Um. So it's just fascinating, and particularly during the in the lead up to the 2019 season, I think at my count, I, I did a quick calculation. I think there were about 25 incidents during that summer alone, and and normally that's the time when the NRL encourages its staff to have some time off, and her phone didn't stop, and there were you know. Fairly trivial matters such as, you know, the um, Adam Elliott getting mm. his kid off or Dylan Napa being involved in every uh, home video under the sun um, to some really serious like sexual assault matters and assaults and all that sort of stuff. Wow. And the phone didn't stop. And it was just funny. I just said, well, what's a, a typical day in the integrity unit? And she said, well, you know, it's like, you know, 3.25 now on a Thursday. If I was talking to you a few weeks ago, it could be something to do with a, a wagering abnormality or an atrocity being phoned in wow. or, or a lead or, or a, you know, drugs stuff. And just interesting because it's such a, it's almost, you know, secretive, isn't it? Like we don't know is. what they do. And when she first started, she said that basically Nick Weeks was the boss of integrity. It, the, the unit had only been set up for two years and she joined. She was only initially going to join for 12 months. And I literally shared a seat with a, a phone and a desk with Joe Collins, who was the, the oh, boss right. of integrity. So, right? it's, so it's gone from these humble beginnings to this, you know, really sophisticated thing. And, and, and the whole issue of, you know, social media, like 20 years ago, people get, could go to the pub and whatever happened there would stay there. But now people are looking for that gotcha moment where they're, they're trying to catch NRL players out and just a really fascinating chat. So um, hopefully read that in the Sun Herald tomorrow. And she gives a bit of an insight into what it's like being there at the coalface every day. Wow, I look forward to that. Um, now, just just on another thing which will lead into your next story, and I know Webby wrote a story, and he's over in Birmingham at the moment, but wrote a story around the bunker, and yes. the headline was something around blow up the bunker. Yep. And not necessarily that's what he means, but I, and a lot of people say this, Seeds, blow up the bunker, blow up the bunker. For me, as long as we've got such great footage we have through Fox or Channel 9 or the idea of blowing up the bunker is ridiculous because the strike rate from a on-field referee when they refer to the bunker, their accuracy versus the bunker, it, it is can't compete. What, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think the bunker's here to stay, but you know, we were just talking in the break and, and Adrian was talking about some of the conversations that you've had, which I'll let you share. But um, I think initially it was designed to uh, to deal with tries, wasn't yeah. it? Or yep. that's, that was sort of the suggestion around it. And we've seen, you know, that's I suppose, uh, bled over into, you know, captain's challenge and all sorts of stuff now. Do you like the captain's challenge? Um, look, I, I, 
I use it in the under twenties, like yep. years ago, like you know, a decade ago yep. when I was coaching under twenties out at the storm. Um, and I thought, you know, it's it's a, a fair enough sort of, um, I suppose, um, you know, play to have in our game. Um, so I still like it, although you know, there's been a lot of criticism from the weekend. But I think there just needs to be, you know, s- simple instructions in place around when you can and can't use mm. it, um, and then just you know, so it's there's clarity because I think people are probably a little bit off put because. No one really knew that you could challenge at the end of a game because there's a you know small whistle or a soft whistle versus oh you know all that sort of so small even a, you know even as a as a as a no as one a, wants a small as, soft whistle let yeah, me tell you that exactly mate, mate. <laughs> so so you know that for me um, I'm thinking if I'm a coach that's quite confusing right yeah. so I think it's here to stay and yeah. and it's certainly you know got more positives than negatives but it just needs a bit of fine tuning in my opinion so the use of the bunker in many respects is counterintuitive because. All of the rule changes are based upon speeding the game up and bringing fatigue back into the contest. And then we keep slowing it down by checking everything. Mm. But the way the bunker came about for the NRL was there was a hockey, ice hockey referee by the name of Rick Williams, who um, born in Canada, now lives in Australia and has done so for 40 years. But what he did is he got Graham Annesley, uh, Nathan McGuirk and Tony Archer about 15 years ago and said, why don't you come on a trip? I've got access to the NHL. And you can look at what, what we use. And over there, they call it the situation room. So they went in and they saw it during a game. They got access to all the NHL officials and they were really impressed with it. The, the one thing that Rick Williams said to Graham Annesley is, the, if I can give you one piece of advice, do what they do in the NHL. Only use it for goal scoring occasions. You know, only if you have to go upstairs to check a try. And he said that the reason why we have the debacle like we did with West Tigers and North Queensland is because all of a sudden they're trying to referee the game from upstairs. Yeah. So his thing is it's a great tool. It's, it's you know, wonderful if you use it for that, but we have to scale it way, way back. So that means, based on what Rick's saying, scrap the captain's challenge. Yeah, potentially. And yeah. the reason I, I actually got onto him was because Andrew John's wrote that in a column during the week and, and Rick Williams said that was a, it was a really good column by, by Joey. Just scale it right back. Just do it for the put down and nothing else. And you'll be able to live with the, oh, only the put down. What, what about oh, 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 sorry, yeah, any, yes. anything to do with yes, the, okay. the, the, the yep. try. Yeah. But, yep. but basically you'll live with everything else because you won't be focusing on it for long periods of time. Yeah. No, it's, it's fair enough. Adrian. I think, I think it makes, makes a lot of sense why they brought it in yeah. for, for the scoring opportunities or, you know, the potential scoring opportunities and, um, like you say, like the ga- the, th- the game needs fatigue, doesn't it? You know Absolutely. what I mean? Our athletes get fitter, fitter, faster, stronger every single year. We need to bring in fatigue, and that's why we brought the interchange down to eight. You know, from yep. ten and twelve initially. So, um, yeah, what you say makes a lot of sense. The, the other, sorry, just the only other major difference between the NHL bunker and, and our one is they don't have referees up there. They have coaches or f- former coaches or former players or a rule specialist but never a, a referee, so to speak, because they figure the referees down on the field, let them do their thing. Yeah, I like that. I like that. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. The Reptile on a Saturday is ready to rev up. Reptile, how are you, mate? G'day, Shaggers. How are you? <laughs> going all right, Cobber. <laughs> Good Reptile. What, what do you know? How's that wound going in your back after Satsy uh, stabbed you? Oh, mate, it's healing up. It's healing up. He's dropped the knife. Like he, he'll probably be on... Uh, over the weekend, you'll hear a grinding noise and you just sharpen it back up. <laughs> he, he, rec- he reckons he got backstabbed by Sats. Oh, yeah. Anyway, six to go play on. What have you landed on? Hey, what what is the um, match review committee taking or drinking? Line me up for a triple. 
Okay. Like, seriously? Okay, now yeah, here we I'm go. Now, now let me let me go. Okay, you're a mad bunny. Are you hitting Cleary? Are you hitting JWH? Who are you hitting here? No, Cleary was spot on. Yeah, that was 100 percent accurate. JWH, oh. $3,000 time. Might as well walk up with the feather duster and give him a whack. Yeah. How do we, how do we guess? Paul Finucane. Gets his head assaulted by another head. Yeah, that's two weeks. <laughs> another bloke just places his um, hand on a person's face. That's five. Yeah. Wait, are, they, are they just going into this committee, blindfolded, spinning themselves four times, and then grabbing a dart and throwing it at the board? Chocolate wheel. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's what's going on. Hey, what, what, what oh, wheel are you spinning tonight? Are you, uh, what's happening in the reptile world this afternoon? Uh, yeah, the reptile is going to crack open a beautiful 12-year-old Dalmore Scotch tonight. Oh. And pull out a Cuba Hebe cigar. Ah, nice, nice. Uh, well, good luck with that. I tell you, what's the confidence levels around your bunnies versus the, the sharkies tonight? Mate, 20 plus. Easy, I'm betting you, mate. I know your best friend is uh, pricey and you got your, your leotard on. You're going to be out with a cheerleader tonight. Uh, <laughs> Give me an S. <laughs> Give me a H. I haven't heard so much bias, so bias from a person who never plays in the well, mate, I thought it was only I thought it was Family Origin you were doing the bias yeah, yeah, calls. Yeah, 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 that's right. <laughs> hey, Reptile, start of the year, I guarantee they'd be playing finals, and guess what? That's what they're doing. Uh, I look forward to your uh, 20 plus result tomorrow. We'll be checking in tomorrow. The Reptile, 1300 is a way to say that. Uh, now, one more thing for you, Seebs, because I like to have an ideas committee, and for you, Adrian, as well. The whole game is about entertainment, right? Why do we need to have – so the eight interchange fine. Why do we need to have a defined four players on the bench? Why can't we just have as many as you want sitting there? You have the eight interchange. And if the game's all about entertainment, when Cody Ramsey comes off the other day, why can't Tyrell Sloan just come straight on? What what do you think about that? Yeah, so I I understand what you're saying. I I think um, if you had, for instance, like eight players – remember the old days? I certainly remember when I was coming through – You'd have about 10 or 12 Yeah, you play reserves, right? They throw your jumper. Yeah, exactly. And you'd sit on the bench. And if you got on, you got on. If you didn't, you didn't. All through the grades. Um, So I I think if you were only able to use four out of those eight players for your eight interchange, that makes sense to me. You know what I mean? But I think if if – You've got the, yeah. the extended bench of eight players on the bench, and and essentially you've got you know twenty one players who all suit up. That doesn't make sense to me. No, no, no. Yeah. I agree with what so, you're saying. Yeah, so I I think there's certainly some merit in that because you think about it. Like if you if there's a um, a positional player like yeah. a five eight who gets injured, and you've got five eight sitting on on the bench who's fresh, well then that makes sense because. Um, you know, it's it's great for that team and for their supporters. That is a like for like replacement out of that. You know, eight players that yes. are sitting on the bench. You might have some some um, or m- multiple positions covered there. So yeah, no, that would make a bit of sense to me. So in in the eyes of say Hook last week, and 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 I do love that. Keep the four, any four you like, based on circumstances of the game. But in the instance where Cody Ramsey goes down early, Hook's got the decision whether to use Sloan. Or to say, no, no, we've got a different idea with rotation for forwards. Let's put Embi back there. I, I just think it'd be fascinating. And the other part of that is, say, for example, that my own debut came about 15 minutes to go in a game, right? And we're getting lapped by Canberra and then David Waits throwing me out and, and then all of a sudden Tinga Blacklock and Mundine go on this run. We nearly, nearly win the game. But what about yours, Steve? Was yours similar to that or was it? 
Uh, my my debut, I was I was on, on the inter- interchange bench itself. Yeah, yeah. So, so I uh, I come on early. I was playing in, in the middle, so I was against the Bulldogs. You knew you were playing. So I knew I was playing. Yeah. yeah. So it wasn't like like your um you know your debut there. Yeah, it was a little bit different. So a Sawali or someone coming through and this hype around them and maybe they're winning by thirty and they go right, hey, let's get the kid on there. Bang! I just love the idea. But anyway, have you say one three hundred oh one eleven seventy is the way to do that. James from Galaganbone. He says, don't blow up the bunker. But blow up the captain's challenge. Uh, yes, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. The luminary of lists is back. Uh, plenty of people have been asking, "Where's the bloody luminary?" Well, guess what? He's on the other side of this. Now, time to talk to the luminary of lists, who is back due to popular demand. And I tell you what, uh, he's on the line. G'day, luminary. Good afternoon, Joel. Boys, how are we? Going well, thanks. Good afternoon. Mate. Now, I understand you've come up with a very topical uh, list today, luminary. What have you landed on? Yeah, well, we're back in the Commonwealth Games, so I thought we might take a quick look at some footballers, either past or present, who could have made a, a, a great fist of the Commonwealth Games. Rightio, let's go. Number five. All right, I've got Sam Bacco doing shot put. Sam, really big, <laughs> strong gentleman. Um, and the thing about the shot put, it doesn't really need much thinking. So just put the shot put to you. That'd suit him. That'd suit him down to the ground. It's a good choice. So do you ever work with Sam? Or No, I've met him though. I have yeah. met him. Um, he was a bit of a idol of mine when I was growing up. He's obviously yeah. a North Queensland guy who went, you know, went away and played for the Raiders and the Broncos. But I remember 1988, his year. Yeah. Played for Australia that year. was outstanding for Queensland State of Origin. So I remember as a young bloke watching him play. He was uh, outstanding. Sam Bacco with the shot put. Number four, Dean. Right, I'm going to go with Marty Bella, another Queensland front rower. Um, and it's no longer in the Commonwealth Games that it used to be. Greco-Roman wrestling. Oh, yeah. Basically, <laughs> basically uh, if you remember Marty, he spent a lot of time laying on top of blokes at the ruck. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, Greco-Roman wrestling. He's a polarising figure, Munster. Oh, what's he doing? He's, quite, quite... he's a very bright guy. He's yeah. up in uh, Serena, so he's on a farm. But I think he's an optometrist or... Uh, yeah, I reckon you're right there. It's yeah. one of those two professions, yeah. Okay, number three, Dean. All right, new event this year at the Commonwealth Games, the three-on-three basketball. I reckon if we put Edric Lee with Jason Saab and Selwyn Corbo, we'd have a pretty good lineup for the three-on-three basketball. I reckon yes. Stephen Crichton would be disappointed missing out. Yeah. I've, um... Mate, he's off injured. Oh, true. Sorry, sorry, mate. <laughs> sorry <about that. laughs> Jason Saab's very good. Yeah. We actually went out to uh, the where I live, where I used to live out at Marylands, had some basketball hoops or whatever there, and we got him posing up and dunking with a Steeden, and he barely had to like you know leave the ground. Really? Like he's he's a tall piece of timber. Well, they say one of the greatest uh, identifiers of speed is your your high jump, your yeah, jump, vertical, standing jump, yeah, vertical yeah. leap, yeah, ver- vertical yeah. leap, yeah. And it's still used. So it's it's quite a simple uh, test, but it's still used across multiple sporting um, organisations across the world. So is it relative to your height? Because obviously, a, a Jason Saab, who's much taller, could jump higher than it, it is. Yeah, yeah. It is relative. Yeah, but it's it's a it's an easy test, and, yeah. and it's one that uh, when they're identifying athletic talent, they use still, mate. Well, they, okay. They still do that in the NFL combines and all that sort of stuff, yeah. don't they? Okay, they're doing combines now with the young rugby league players. Right, rightio, we go to number two. We're running out a little bit of a time, but Dean, what do you got for number two? Mate, blue ribbon event at the Commonwealth Games, the men's 100 metres. You oh. can't go past the Fox, can we? Is he the fastest we've ever seen, boys, on the rugby league field, or you got other ones in front of him? Martin Fire. 
Oh, yeah. Chariots. I, I love chariots. Chariots. Um, he couldn't even beat Lee Odin, Ryan, for goodness <laughs> sake. Come on. Look into the story behind yeah, yeah, yeah. Here I, we played go. With, I played with the chariots. So. <laughs> He's a Paramount man, yeah, too, yeah, by the way, yeah. Seabs. Yeah. Uh, very good, mm. Dean. Okay, take it away, Luminary of List. Number one right. contender for the Commonwealth Games. Number one. You can't go past Bradley Klein in the decathlon. Anyone who saw Bradley Klein play knows he was a champion at everything he did. Ten events in the decathlon. I'm back in Clyde in. Did you Imagine. play with him, Steve? Yeah, I did. I played with him '97, uh, '98 down in Canberra. Outstanding. Yeah, good choice. He was uh, he was outstanding trainer, athletic, everything. He's probably ahead of his time in a lot of ways. He was 21 and he'd yeah. won two Clive Churchill medals. That's unbelievable. Mate, he, he was not, un, still under 19, yeah. playing in, in the back row for Australia. Wow. You know, in 1989, it was, yeah, so unheard of. But, yeah, no, great choice. Good choice, Brad Clyde. Hey, Luminary List, the board has lit up. Welcome back. They love you, mate. <laughs> we appreciate that. Uh, we'll get you back for next week, something a little bit uh, topical as well. We're enjoying this. No dramas. Have you enjoy your afternoon, boys, and up up the sharks. Oh, he loves the shark. He's the luminary. The luminary loves the shark. He's plenty more still to come here for Isuzu. Uh, by the way, who do you think could qualify past or present for the Commonwealth Games? A rugby league player, and in what sport? One three hundred oh one eleven seventy to have your say. Oh four three seven seven three six seven three six is the way to do that. We are gearing up for Dometic on the other side of this. Uh, yes, uh, Michael from Logan. He said, do you boys remember Sam Bacco being involved in the Logan Lions bid for the NRL? Uh, if not happy to shed some light, says Michael. I don't remember a, a Logan I, no, Lions No, I don't bid. remember either, yeah. Um, hope you haven't been drinking too many Lions there, Michael. <laughs> uh, I doubt you have, to be honest with you. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. one 1170 our great friends, Dometic. Go on your next adventure, Dometic.com. Let's look ahead to see what we're gearing up for today. Titans take on the Raiders. Now, I, I am of the belief that the Raiders are right in this competition. And the reason I say that, didn't have Jamal Fogarty for the first part. Their defence is, is probably the fifth best in the competition. So, you know, just about as good as it gets outside the four. Uh, they've had a rough, rough draw to this point. I reckon if they win well today, they are well and truly looming large. Aaron Clark starts at lock. for Mala Awi to prop. Raiders look like they'll have an unchanged side. Um, thoughts, boys, about this game? Yeah, I really like how the, the Raiders are building. I think you know, Jack Whiten being back, um, Joseph Tarpenny has been just about in the top three forwards in the competition this year. He's made the most metres post-contact, and I think he's fifth for, for offloads. He's a handful. Yep. And his combination with Josh uh, Papalihi, um, you know, is outstanding. And I think they can build off the back of what they do, um, you know, carrying the ball forward there. But defensively, as you said, mate, well, you know, what are they ranked fifth in the competition? So. so so they scrap hard, they scramble hard. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm a Ricky Stewart fan. I think, you know, he's... He's got that team um, you know, playing some really good football. And, um, yeah, as I said, I expect them to win away from home today. They should win well, uh, I think. Uh, Adrian, how do you see this? Yeah, I think they should win well. It's um, an interesting one for the Titans and also for Justin Holbrook. And during the week at a Women in League lunch, uh, I caught up with the co-owner of the Titans, Rebecca Frizzell. And obviously there's been massive speculation about Holbrook and whether or not he'll stay. She said he is staying for this year, he's coaching us into next year as well, which is a huge show of confidence for a club that at the moment is in wooden spoon contention yeah. very much so. So they obviously think that they've got someone who is very capable. It was their, She said it was our decision to extend him and we've got to take responsibility for some of the decisions we've made around the club as well. And it hasn't been an ideal build-up. Obviously, we talked uh, about Kevin Proctor yeah. as well <laughs> during... Yeah. who was uh, obviously not all in during uh, their last match. So, yeah, huge, uh, you know... 
results will ultimately dictate how long Justin Holbrook is there and they need to start showing some improvement. It's real tricky. It's really, really hard. Uh, hey, fellas, what about Robbie Kearns? We just had the luminary list on uh, about players who could go to the Commonwealth Games. He said, what about Robbie Kearns in the equestrian? Uh, at least he knows what not to do. <laughs> Poor old Kearnsy. Uh, you know who I would have thrown in uh, for the diving? Adam Reynolds after last week. You know, the decoy went through. I would have thrown Adam Reynolds in. Anyway, keep coming through. 0457736736. Your pie chart had more nibbles for the Rabbitohs than it had for the Sharks. They meet tonight, Seabs. Yeah, good game. Yeah, good game. Great game. Out, out, um, out in uh, Cronulla's home ground there. Strange things happen out yeah. there, as you know, yeah. on a Saturday evening. Um, so, yeah, expect the unexpected out there. I think, um, you know, the, the bunnies have been building over the last four weeks. Latrell Mitchell just looks in great touch, but he looks fit. Yeah. He looks powerful. I think Cody Walker, certainly having Latrell back in the spine, has helped Cody's game, who has got great ability. So, um, it'll be a great contest tonight. I think we'll probably get a real good guide of, of um, where South Sydney are at tonight because Cronulla have been very consistent this year, haven't yes. they? So I think it's a, it's a great con- it, will, it will be a great contest and it'll be very interesting to see how this game goes because if the Bunnies are the real deal, and I think they are, or they can be, then they'll give a good account of themselves tonight. Uh, rugby league economist Rami Hader, he uh, was on Jimmy Smith's program during the week and he spoke about the number one correlation to winning a match is the run metres conceded. Panthers, number one by space. Sharks, number two. So that's one thing they're doing good there, the Sharkies. Uh, Daniel Saluka Fafita comes in the front row. Uh, Mark Nichols is out. Uh, Rabbitohs looking for their fifth straight win. And, of course, no Finucane for the Sharkies. Broncos take on the Tigers. Uh, Selwyn Cobbo still out due to concussion. Uh, former Billy Walters. Former, no, he's not former Billy. He's still Billy Walters. <laughs> former Tiger Billy Walters. He returns to hooker against his old club. Luke Brooks out with a calf injury. I find that interesting. I, I've said this for a while. I believe the Tigers and Luke Brooks need a divorce for both parties uh, to see what life's like without Luke Brooks for the Tigers and for Luke Brooks to go and just go and start again somewhere else. What do you boys think about that? Yeah, I think that's right. Um, he has got a calf injury. He suffered it at, uh, at training on Wednesday. They expect it to be five to six weeks, which basically means season over. So we may never see Luke Brooks pull on a Tigers jersey again. There's, there's What's your guess? Well, if he's going to go somewhere, he'll go to Newcastle. But the hard part is that he's on north of a million dollars next year. So it makes it difficult if they wanted to offload him. But the interesting thing is that they decided to put Jock Madden uh, uh, into the the jersey for number seven, which, and again, we know that Dewey and Hastings also want to be in that jersey. Mm. So Madden's off contract. Do uh, he wants to be there? Uh, Hastings is a bit of speculation as to whether or not he's really happy wearing the 13 as well. So they have to make a decision. And Newcastle, I mean, having lost Mitchell Pearce, they're going to lose Milford, uh, Tex Hoy's on the move. So, you know, they've got to think about their spine as well. It's a big decision for both clubs. If they wanted to sell Luke Brooks, given the need for Newcastle desperately for a half, this is the time to get a price out of it. Make your next adventure effortless with Dometic Go Collection. Just pack, stack, and go. More to come on the other side of this. Follow Crunch Time on Dabble. Go on, have a dabble. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Well, it's good to be back for another week, and it's great to be celebrating one year of Dabble. Scotty Tetler. I know. It's gone so quickly, hasn't it? My, my dad turned 80 on the same day, so... Um, I'm pretty sure that Josh you know, and I won't be around when when Dabble is 80, but we hope it's uh, we hope that it's uh, as as well as my father is anyway. 
Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, you're looking pretty fit, so maybe you might get there. You might get there. Who knows? If anyone's going to do it, you're going to do it. But we uh, we did have some of the team that work behind the scenes. We're going live on the app on Thursday. And uh, Barry from Finance, the man that pays everyone's check, uh, he tipped a $4.60 winner and 365 dabblers hit the copy button and it got up and the man had his head in his hands because he knew he was paying out that day. <laughs> the Barry from Finance, is that true? It's like it's a character from The Office. The office. <laughs> it couldn't be any better. It's true. Oh, I'm going to send you the photo. But Sats, let's talk about the Crunch Time team because they are on absolute fire. Five wins yeah, over the weekend with uh, close to 60 copies and they're just building, building, building on followers. Uh, how have you been going and uh, what are you liking? I'm struggling. I'm struggling to be quite honest. And a good coach once said to me, um, when you struggle with your form, go back to basics. So yeah. um, after we hear what the crunch time team is uh, looking at for this weekend, <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll be going back to basics. But, um, I know the, I know the uh, crunch time team, they've, they've started off with the, the Gold Coast Tides in the Canberra game this afternoon, haven't they? That's right. Yeah, that's right. They've got the Raiders. They've gone into the Sharks there. And the Broncos to win by 13 or more points. That's saying 381. Are you liking that? Yeah, I think so. The way the Broncos are playing and Luke Brooks is out for the West Tigers. Um, yeah, the West Tigers were really game last week against the, the North Queensland Cowboys. But such an emotional high in the space of 30 seconds to such an emotional low. It's so mm. interesting how they can they can regroup for this week's game against a team who I think will finish top four the Broncos so yeah, I focus mainly when I say going back to basics Josh I've focused just on the, the Broncos game against the West Tigers of course yeah. I think the Broncos are going to win so them head to head and then I look at the different defenders in different parts of the Western Tigers field and um, I'm looking at Adam Dewey playing at 5'8 I found over the years that Adam Dewey defensively um, can make some really poor decisions so I'm going to say Corey Oates on the left hand nice. side to score two two tries, and on the other side, Katoni Staggs to score uh, a try as well. So, um, like I said, going back to basics and fingers crossed. Yeah, absolutely. Of course, you can follow Stratch 13, check out all that. Uh, there's also the good thing about the Crunch Time team is they've been putting up some uh, tri-scorer multis, which hit last week. Uh, they've got a few options up there today as well, and they've liked Oats as well for you. So great to see that there. And there's also plenty of action happening on the app, as always, uh, Stats. So if you download it, those live streams, I know we've talked about getting you up there on there. Um, so we'll have to check your schedule and see how, how free you are, Stats, and uh, oh, get your win. tips. Only after a win. <laughs> That's right, when you're coming in confident, coming in hot. But as exactly. I said, uh, you can download the Dabble app, follow the Crunch Time NRL team who have been on absolute fire. Five wins last weekend with their multis, and all you have to do is copy their bet with one Enjoy click. So go on, have a dabble, dabble socially, and gamble responsibly. Copy Crunch Time bets. Go on, have a dabble. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Uh, boys, we're just about done. Crunch time thanks to Isuzu D-Max, born to toe. Uh, we've got the Gold Coast Titans take on the Raiders. That's coming up with Potsy Braybrook, Gary Freeman and Gary Belcher. So a couple of Garys there. And uh, from 7pm every night uh, throughout the Commonwealth Games, you've got Matty White, the missile, James Magnuson, and we'll get him back 
uh, very, very shortly. Don't forget, Crunch Time is on tomorrow as well. Uh, before that, you've got the Hello Sport Boys from 12 interviewing Brian Fletcher, so looking forward to that. And then from 1pm, Jaleesa Apps, the Professor, James Rochford and Sock, Steve O'Keefe. But there you go. Uh, hoity-toity affair happening tonight in the Prezenko household. <laughs> You're looking forward it'll, to it? It'll start off that way, yes. but it will uh, degenerate very quickly. Like the Raiders were playing in the first half. Nice and flashy Correct. to start with and a pear-shaped <laughs> second half. Uh, Steve's mate, you have been outstanding. No, well been done. Uh, great to be here, Sugar. Yeah, had, had a lot of fun and good to chat to yourself and Adrian, mate. You're catching up with a few schoolmates. Uh, oh, no, yeah, yeah, a couple of parents yeah, coming yeah. over tonight, some family friends, which would be great. Looking yeah. forward to it. And uh, given there's only uh, 30 seconds left in the show, we should say hi to you, Maestro. How are you with you guys? <laughs> oh, that was very enjoyable listening. Yes, this well afternoon. done. Apologies once again. The Maestro does all this homework, sheets and reams of paper, and we just don't get to it. But we do appreciate it, Maestro. Uh, there you go. You can catch up on the podcast if you missed out on any of that through SEN League. Uh, catch that on the podcast. Anyway, we'll catch you soon. The Rugby League coming up, the Gold Coast Titans and the Raiders. We'll see you next time. Sorry about the noise. My neighbour's sanding his deck. My motto? Don't work on your deck. Play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck. Low maintenance with a 25-year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.